The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. All right, good evening, everyone. It's been a busy day. Great day. 
a busy day. Um, so it's good to be with everyone tonight for our evening meeting here at the city. Uh, I'll go ahead and call this meeting to order and I'm gonna ask you to join me for a moment of silence before we move to the Pledge of Allegiance. <coughs> Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Next, we'll have roll call. Commissioner Moody. Present. Commissioner Jones. Here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. Commissioner Sassi. Present. Commissioner Ruppart. Here. Commissioner Lanier. Present. Mayor Bliss. Yes, thank you. Um, and now I'll introduce our interpreter tonight. So if you need assistance with interpretation, please ask for it. Good evening. We're pleased to provide Spanish interpretations this evening. These include interpretation during the meeting and for those who want to provide public comment. Buenas noches. Estamos complacidos de proveer servicios de interpretación esta noche. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer comentario público. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and then we have our first opportunity for public comment. So this is public comment on agenda items that we're voting on tonight. So earlier today, we had a number of standing committee meetings where we took up issues and we voted. Um, so the first opportunity for public comment are on action items tonight. A uh, couple rules about public comment. We ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. For this first uh, open public comment, we ask that you be explicit about what agenda item you're speaking to. We do have a number of scheduled public hearings tonight, so if you are here tonight to be heard on the public hearing related to the Uptown Business Improvement District, uh, their marketing and development plan, if you wish to be heard on the Brownfield Plan Amendment for Union Suites located on Coit, or if you're here to be heard on the public hearings related to the uh, Michigan Natural Resources Trust Fund grants. We have three applications tonight. I'll actually bundle those and do them all together as long as my colleagues are okay with that. Uh, if you're here to speak on any of those items, I'm gonna ask you just to stay put until I open up those public comment periods. Uh, so is anyone here tonight to be heard on agenda items? Okay, seeing none, we'll close that public comment period and that will take us to approval of our minutes from our last meeting. Can I get a motion? Moved. All right, moved and supported. Commissioners, any questions or comments or additions? All right, seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. All right, next that will take us to petitions and communications. Uh, communications received from Jamon Alexander regarding their resignation from the Board of Zoning Appeals. All right, and that is referred to Committee on Appointments. Communication received from Samika Douglas regarding appointments to the Affordable Housing Board. And that's referred to Committee on Appointments. Communication from Dante Delurio regarding the resignation from the Smart Zone Local Development Finance Authority. And that is also referred to Committee on Appointments. So next that will take us to reports of city officers. A warrant report for January 26, 2022 through February 8, 2022. All right, that's received and filed. And treasurer's report for period of January 22, 2022 through February 7, 2022. And that is also received and filed. All right, next that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda are items that we voted on earlier today in one of our standing meetings where there was a unanimous vote. So tonight with one voice vote, we'll adopt those items. Commissioners, can I get a motion for the consent agenda? Moved. Four. All right, moved and supported. Any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. 
All right, that will take us to our ordinances to be adopted tonight. The first one is an ordinance amending section one of the budget ordinance 2021-13 for fiscal year 2022 amendment number eight. Can I get a motion? It's moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. Uh, Commissioner O'Connor from our fiscal committee, you want to tell us about this? Yes, thank you, Mayor. A few items on here tonight. First uh, item is a, a, a expenditure for the Government fin Finance Officers Association ERP consulting contract uh, in the amount of $250,000. Uh, second is uh, re requesting uh, some uh, movement of funds from our special revenue fund uh, in the amount of $34,000 from their fund balance to purchase uh, to replace a damaged police cruiser. Um, the third item is an information technology department capital budget request of $385,000 to uh, buy some switching infrastructure. Uh, number four is an innovation pilot for uh, urban wood utilization uh, for our parks department. Uh, and then uh, item five is a grant for Cottage Grove Innovation District at uh, 1639 Madison. Uh, no effect on fund balance. Great, thank you, Commissioner. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, this is a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Commissioner Rappart? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. And commissioners, can I get a motion to give this immediate effect? Moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. All right, that'll take us to our second ordinance tonight. An ordinance amending section 1.46 of chapter 3 of title 1 of the Code of the City of Grand Rapids uh, entitled Voting Precincts to Update the Boundaries of Certain Precincts. All right, can I get a motion? So moved. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Rappart, you want to tell us about this? Yes, so this is to establish 74 election precincts within the boundaries of the city. Uh, and if anything would change for you, I've been assured by the clerk that you'll get notice in the mail. And in fact, every one of us will be given a new card because of all the redistricting that's going to happen. So you, you'll, you'll know where to go, but this, uh, this establishes our map. Thanks, Commissioner. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, this is a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Asasi? Yes. Commissioner Ruppart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. All right, that will take us to our third ordinance to be adopted tonight. Consideration of an ordinance rezoning a portion of 1318 Plainfield Avenue Northeast to the TNTBA Traditional Neighborhood Traditional Business Area Zone District. All right, can I get a motion? Vote. Support. All right, moved and supported. Commissioner Jones, you want to tell us about this? Yes, Mayor. Uh, as mentioned, uh, this is a ordinance rezoning uh, request. Uh, two weeks ago on the 8th, we established today, the 22nd of February, as the date to consider rezoning approximately 2,536 square feet uh, of 1318 Plainfield from traditional neighborhood mixed density residential to traditional neighborhood traditional business area. Uh, this would allow uh, an opportunity to facilitate development of the property. All right. Commissioners, any questions or comments? All right. This is also a roll call vote tonight. Commissioner O'Connor? Yes. Commissioner Moody? Yes. Commissioner Sassi? Yes. Commissioner Rephart? Yes. Commissioner Lanier? Aye. Commissioner Jones? Yes. Mayor Bliss? Yes, it carries. 
right, Commissioners, that will take us to our resolutions. And we do have resolution, uh, one resolution before us tonight, and this was a walk-on item. So can I first start off with a motion to suspend the rules? Moved. Support. All right, moved and supported. All those in favor of suspending the rules say aye. 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 Those opposed? It carries. So this will take us to our resolution. This resolution is a city commission resolution resolution approving settlement in the case of Plaza Tower Condominium Association versus City of Grand Rapids and Massachusetts Bay Insurance Company, a.k.a. Hanover Insurance Company versus City of Grand Rapids. Can I get a motion? Come on. All right. Moved and supported. Commissioner Isasi, you want to tell us about this? Yes. Thank you, Mayor. Um, uh, as noted, this was one that was added on. Um, this is resulting from... I think a hundred year flood event that happened many years ago. Uh, and um, this is now being resolved by uh, the parties involved. And uh, the payment, which is listed $8,085,000, um, is not coming out of the general fund, correct, a deputy city attorney. It's coming from a separate account that we have um, with our insurance agent to manage that risk. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that, that we have a deductible and then the rest will come from our insurance. All right, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, that will take us to our scheduled public hearings tonight. And as I indicated, we have a number of them. And we'll start with the very first one, and that is a public hearing on the necessity of the Uptown Business Improvement District and its marketing and development plan. So what we'll do tonight is we'll start with our Economic Development Director, Mr. Gracia. He'll tell us about this item. Looks like we have uh, Ms. Ingrid Miller here with us, uh, and we'll give her an opportunity to speak. And then if you're here to be heard on this item, I'll open it up for comment after that. Right, good, meeting, good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. So tonight is this public hearing on necessity to for the Uptown Business Improvement District. Now, this originally uh, was uh, enacted in June of 2013, and there's been a series of uh, one year, with the exception in 2019, there was a two-year assessment, and then the most recent one was in March of 21. So today, tonight before you is the public hearing for a three-year assessment, um, and um, this uh, they are increasing uh, 3% annually and that and over those three years but again this is um, the uptown bid has not sought an increase in the assessment rate for the last seven years so this is uh, just keeping up with uh, the activities they have in investments and so to detail more of what they how they would use that uh, additional assessment dollars I would ask uh, the executive director of uptown to come up and uh, share a few comments with you great thank you hello welcome thank you uh, good evening um, so, um, as I stated earlier, when you guys set this public hearing, we are seeking a 3% increase for the next three years. Um, this is primarily to support a new program that we launched last year, which is um, in partnership with Downtown Grand Rapids, Inc. and their ambassador program. So we've been able to elevate the level of service in our business district, um, emptying trash, um, primarily graffiti removal has been a huge um, increase and in level of service offered there, um, as well as um, mobility assists, um, engaging with our business community and neighbors, um, and doing other maintenance um, around the district. The bid also covers our landscape maintenance. So this is what keeps our district safe and clean um, and open for business. So 
We are seeking three years because we would like to grow our program and offer competitive wages. We know that it's a really tight um, staffing market in all sectors, and that includes our ambassador program. So we want to make sure that we can um, continue to get really great talent um, interested in serving uptown and, and growing with us. So I'm happy to answer any questions you may have. Yeah. Commissioners, any questions? Madam Mayor, I don't have any questions, but I sit on this board, and this is a very outstanding board, and they do a lot of work within the community, and they are thriving, and their businesses are going uh, up in terms of the community engagement that they have in the community, and I have the privilege of sitting with this young lady, and I am proud to be a part of their board. Yeah, thank you, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner Moody. <laughs> Appreciate you serving on this board and all the work that they do in Uptown, so thank you. Uh, so. Uh, if you want to take a seat, Ingrid, and we'll see if there's a public comment. So is anyone here tonight to be heard on this item? So again, this is specifically related to the necessity for the Uptown Business Improvement District and their marketing and development plan. So if you wish to be heard on this item, you can come forward. And again, same rules apply. We ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. All right, seeing none, we'll close that public comment period. Thank you for being here. That will take us to our next item, and this is a public hearing to consider a Brownfield Plan Amendment for the Union Suites on Coit Redevelopment Project, and this is located uh, at 608 through 626 Coit Avenue Northeast. Uh, so again, we will uh, have Mr. Gracia share some information about this, and I believe we have uh, Mr. Ralston here also uh, who can share some additional information, and then we'll open it up for public comment. Yes, again, so this is the uh, project known as Union Suites on Coit, and it is a pr project primarily funded um, by low-income housing tax credits, which is a very competitive project uh, process, and this project was successful, but still had some gap that needed to be filled, and we were able to do that through this process with our local Brownfield Revolving Fund. So again, total project costs are anticipated at $12.2 million, and the developer is seeking uh, LEED Silver certification for the building. Um, again, the total cost for these brownfield el eligible activities are a little over $620,000 and the local brownfield revolving fund is looking to support um, approximately $400,000 of that cost. Uh, again, this project, uh, just like all others coming through our office seeking public support, did complete an inclusion plan and we're happy to report they are committing to a participation of 38% or just over $2.7 million of the total project cost. Uh, the neighbors of Belmont Lookout and the Grand Rapids Public Schools are supportive of the project and the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority approved and recommended this plan amendment at their January 26th meeting. So I'd like to invite Mr. Alston up to talk a little bit more about his project. Thank you. Hello again, Mr. Alston, welcome. Thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, as mentioned, we're, we're very pleased to bring more affordable housing to Grand Rapids. Uh, this project, 52 apartments, uh, one, two, and three bedroom units uh, right across from Coit School. Um, we have uh, parking to support, uh, one parking space, actually more than one parking space for every single apartment, and uh, we, uh, just couldn't couldn't be more pleased to have this opportunity. Uh, the state has been uh, a pleasure to work with and has awarded us these tax credits that are enabling us to move forward with this work. So uh, with that, uh, any questions, please uh, feel free. All right. Commissioners, any questions? All right. Seeing none, I'll have you go ahead and take a seat. We'll see if anyone is here to be heard. 
So if you are here to be heard on this item, you're welcome to come forward. Again, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. So is there anyone who wishes to be heard on this Brownfield Plan Amendment? All right, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close that public comment period, and that will take us to our next public hearing. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bundle these three commissioners, uh, if you're okay with that, since they're all related to the same issue, just for different locations. Uh, so I'll read them all together, and then we'll have our parks director describe them, and then if you're here to be heard on these items, you're welcome to come forward. So these are three public hearings, uh, and they're all related to the 2022 Michigan Natural Resource Trust Fund grant applications. Uh, there's one in the amount of $150 thousand dollars for Placer Creek Trail and the Kenosha Park project with an estimated total cost of two hundred thirty thousand dollars we also have a grant application in the amount of three hundred thousand for 32nd Street Park project with an estimated cost of five hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars and then we have a public hearing related to another MDNR trust fund grant uh, similarly in the amount of three hundred thousand for the Belknap Park project with an estimated cost of four hundred and sixteen thousand dollars so we'll start this with our parks director uh, David Marquette and then if you wish to be heard you're welcome to come forward afterwards Thank you, Mayor. Uh, good evening, Commissioner, City Manager. Uh, yes, we're excited to be submitting these three grant applications to the State of Michigan. Um, each of these three are due on April 1st uh, to the State of Michigan for their consideration. Uh, it's a long lead time for uh, hearing uh, whether or not we are awarded uh, any of these grants. We will find that information out in December of 2022, at which point we would ad uh, advance these projects in 2023 if successful. Um, with these grant awards. The first of these uh, is uh, Ken O'Shea. We're looking at trail extensions and greater connectivity to the neighborhood. Uh, the 32nd Street project is for uh, phase one park improvement. And then up at Belknap, we're excited to be advancing some really important uh, improvements <clears throat> uh, in partnership with the Belknap Pickleball uh, Group. So we're looking forward to these uh, submittals, uh, totaling $900,000 for these three grants. Great, thank you. Uh, commissioners, any questions or comments? All right. Thank you. Welcome. So if you wish, if you are here to be heard on any of these applications, you're welcome to come forward. <clears throat> Hi, welcome. Hi. That's the first time I'm here. Um, my name is Jim Barber. I live over in the Garfield Park area. I'm here to talk about the uh, Plaster Creek Trail. Oh, yeah. uh, first of all, I think the neighborhood in general and people that use the trail are very pleased with the improvements that have been made over the last year or so and the attention that's been drawn to that. But there's an area that uh, really needs attention, probably more attention than the proposal that's before you now, and that is connecting the two pieces of the trail together. Mm -hmm. They run uh, dead into 28th Street and then you go along, you have what I call an urban interlude where you go along 28th Street and then up Eastern before you rejoin the trail. And there's a piece of the trail that comes from Kenesha School that's kind of a dead end that runs dead into the other side of uh, 28th Street. Connecting those two pieces would be a very significant long-term improvement to the use of the trail and to the expansion and maybe the eventual connection of that trail with the White Pine and some others. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we have some money to spend, I would prioritize that over what I see as the, 
you know, the proposition that's before you, I guess. I don't know if you have any questions. That's a trail that I use routinely, friends use routinely. It's a pretty heavily trafficked trail. Thank you, Mr. Barber. Appreciate that. And maybe our parks director can follow up with you. And we do have some, some uh, plans for trail connectivity that we're working on right now. So it's good timing. Uh, anyone else who wishes to be heard on these three uh, MDNR trust fund grant applications? All right, seeing none, we'll go ahead and close those. And that will take us to our public comment period. So if you are here to be heard on any other item, you're welcome to come forward. Again, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. Uh, and then we also, is there a clipboard still over there, city clerk? Then we also ask that you just add your name to the clipboard so that when we do our minutes, uh, we get that written down accurately in our minutes. So uh, welcome. Uh, good evening. My name is John Considine. I live in Van Lepte Township, used to live in the city. And uh, thank you. Thank you for what the city is doing to address climate change. Thank you for your resolution declaring climate change a crisis, which, quote, declares climate change a crisis in the city of Grand Rapids. Uh, I agree. Jeremy Williams, author of a text, Climate Change is Racist, Race, Privilege, and the Struggle for Climate Justice. I want to quote him. He says things a lot better than I do. And these are selections of quotes from him. Basically, he says... Uh, yes, climate change is causing chaos in the natural world. It's more specifically a human crisis and a major justice issue. And I feel you'd all agree with that, but what do I know? It's, quote, climate change is structurally racist, disproportionately caused by majority white people in majority white countries. <coughs> when action is delayed or when climate targets are weakened, it's the world's black and brown populations that suffer greater harm, end quote. Uh, I'm aware of my privilege as a white person and a male. I aspire to struggle for climate justice. So... Uh, the Grand Rapids Resolution, quote, urges all residents, businesses, organizations, and public entities to adopt equity-informed policies and practice as soon as possible, no later than 2025, that address carbon reduction, climate adaptation, and climate resilience, and protect the health, safety, economic prosperity, and the quality of life for all in our city. Thank you. Uh, at this time, the effects of climate are inexorably a part of equity, inclusion, and diversity, which are key things embedded in the city's DNA. Uh, my request, or my hope tonight, is that Questions of climate adaptation, climate resiliency, which are issues of major justice issues, they get embedded in the DNA the same way. As I hear or read the items here tonight, all the ones that I understand based on the details, they all have a lens to which you look at in terms of adaptation, resiliency. It's, it's infrastructure, it's health, it's care. This is the, the task. Uh, you are the leaders here in West Michigan. Please, please lead further, stronger, better, so that the rest of us can follow you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to end in we look at matters of budget, really the way monies are spent reflect the directions and decisions that have been made. So please, as you look at this, bring this lens to bear as well, embedded in the DNA. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, others who should be heard? Good evening. Hi, My name welcome. is Andrew Ferguson. I'm currently living in Allendale, Teuton Grand Valley, and uh, I'm concerned about the sheltering options available here in Grand Rapids. Uh, almost all the shelters here in Grand Rapids are faith-based, which can be a hostile environment for people who are non-Christian. Uh, Mel Trotter specifically, which is the largest shelter here, uh, is known to be problematic in some specific ways. Uh, one Google review from uh, of Mel Trotter 
uh, reads, this place was a disaster when I went. They had everything from judgmental staff to forced church sessions from paying $2 a meal. They also confiscate cell phones and people's cigarettes. The hygiene of the people that live here is deplorable and the building is ran like a prison. I've also personally heard from some unhoused community members that uh, they are not allowed to bring outside food into the shelter, which is a problem for uh, unhoused community members who are able to stockpile food as they have to then get rid of that food before they enter the shelter. Uh, I can understand that Grand Rapids doesn't necessarily have the authority to directly influence the policies that these uh, uh, shelters have in place, but I think the city should take a more pre proactive role in trying to assert good policies that allow the people living in these shelters to have a better chance of getting back on their feet and making it to the housing that's provided by the city. And so I think that uh, taking a more proactive role would appear to be uh, taking a better look at the shelters and the policies they have in place and how they truly affect the unhoused population here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. All right, others wish you heard. Hello, my Hi, name Michael. is Foster Thorburn. I'm also here with Andrew. I'm also a student uh, going to Grand Valley, and I've been um, in the Allendale GR area for the past three years um, with him and a lot of other students at Grand Valley. Um, I've been involved in community organizing uh, for probably the past like one and a half years. Uh, most of that work has been organizing volunteers to help cook food and distribute that um, outside the Hartside uh, Park area. So around the park and outside of uh, various shelters in that area. Uh, so we call these food drops and uh, we go outside shelters um, every week, um, once a week. And so we've been doing that for um, as long as I can remember pretty much here. Um, when you're there so often uh, talking to your homeless neighbors, um, you start to hear some familiar sentiments. Um, you start to hear stories from folks about where they were last week before the police told them to leave. Um, you start to hear about um, how the homeless outreach team tore down the uh, constructive shelter that they built. Um, and then some of the folks you don't hear from because they've been moved and you have no idea where they are. Um, and that's a long process of locating people and I've had to, um, I've been involved in doing that. And being, being displaced like that cuts you off from a lot of aid, a lot of community aid structures that have, built, have been built up around finding people in specific places and at specific times. So I do think there's a fair amount of blame to put on both the city um, and, the, and the, the shelters in Grand Rapids. Um, like Andrew's mentioned, a lot of the policies um, and the shelters um, are completely inaccessible people to, for just a range of reasons. So we know for a fact that they're um, inaccessible, but what I'm, I'm, what I'm really confused and concerned by is the city deciding to move people around and remove them from the areas that they've established themselves in, um, namely Hartside Park usually, removing them from these areas knowing that this is the case with the shelters in the city. If we know that people aren't going to the shelters and are moving them, and we're removing them, telling them to go to the shelters, that's just not making much sense. I'm just not seeing, 
just not seeing the logic in that, and I'm not, really not seeing the humanity in that. I've talked to, to talked to people affected by this, and it really just breaks my heart, um, especially the sweeps. You know, I was talking. I was talking to somebody who had witnessed the original Heartside sweep, and they said a part of them broke that day when they saw people running out into the snow to escape the police. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others wish to be heard? How you doing, everybody? My name is DeAndre Jones. I stay here in this beautiful city. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say uh, that it was cool to see the street change uh, today. It was really cool. Like, I actually canvassed uh, and actually collected signatures to make those changes. And so to really see that in person and to really be a part of history, especially here in one of the worst cities for economic development for people of color, uh, I just hope that that just sparks, um, I just hope that really sparks passion in people to really go out there and really put in work. And, and it's just really crazy to see that, to meet Martin Luther King Jr.'s nephew, to meet Cesar Chavez's son. Like, I hope when I'm an old man, I get to tell these stories and people love me and love my work and appreciate the work that I do, you know, because that really means a lot to me. Like, I, I almost want to cry, but it's just because I really spent a lot of time in the streets with ignorant people, ignorant young men with no guidance, you know, people that really just think, you know, people that claim streets that they don't even know these people. Streets named after white men and they kill people over streets and, and different things in the streets and to really, you know, be out there and to really see that, I don't think people could really understand unless you actually put in the work to really do that, you know what I'm saying, to really see change. And I believe that, you know, I believe in karma and I believe that I'll have an absolutely drop dead karma. I believe in karma and I believe in positive energy and I believe in putting your work into the universe. And I'm just so proud to really just like, not a proud person, but pride in my work. Because history is something that nobody can change. And I know that Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez, you know, inspired people on this commission. As there's black commissioners, as there's Caucasian commissioners, as there's Hispanic commissioners. I know that those people um, inspired you to continuously do the work that you do. And I just really hope that people out there really know, like, you know what I'm saying, to be genuine. And, you know, we can really make changes, and I want to shout out the Workers' Union, IOTC, because I've actually been working with the Stagehand Union, and I've been setting up different events. And when I'm in those big arenas like the Van Dando Arena, and I'm putting up, uh, and I'm putting in work, and I'm dreaming as I'm putting in this work, and I'm thinking about my goals and my vision and everything that I want to accomplish, and I've been recently working at the DeVos Place, being a loader, being a pusher, and doing these different things. I just think about it like, man, one day I'm going to really change the world because I'm being the change that I want to see. And I hope that I hope that I just really inspire people all over the world. And I just really, really proud of this commission and everybody that put in work and really, you know, do the work and just walk the talk and, and really just put in the work out there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, DeAndre. It was good to see you there today. Hi, welcome. Hi. Hi. Hi, I'm Mark and I'm from Grand Rapids. I want to talk about um, something that should be 
put on a resolution list and something that needs to be changed. So I may as well get out of the way right now. We all know on every Saturday around the 4th of July, you got the fireworks display. I want that change to go back on the 4th of July where it belongs. Because every year since it's been on a specific set on a Saturday of that week, you have likes to fight adults, macho parents, rowdy youth, and drunk party goers all coming into one place. Mix all of them together, and you have a pot full of chaos every single year. That falls on the feet of you, Mayor Bliss. You have the hammer. You should lay that hammer down right now. Let's change it back to the fourth where it belongs. There's nothing wrong with it. And the majority of the people who are going to work have the day off on the fifth anyway. So now is the time to change it back. Now as far as this climate change is concerned, I understand people are talking about it. But like I said before, change comes with a cost. And the majority of these individuals here, majority of the individuals don't have that type of money to make those type of changes. The electric vehicles don't work. Good for urban, not for long distance. And nobody's not going to sit and wait six or seven, wait overnight to fully charge a vehicle. That's, that's, that's just don't, not going to work. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to keep saying it again. Until something is done, done to quicken the process, it's just lip service. Remove the J. Edgar Hoover's name from the FBI building and remove George Wallace's name from the town in Mobile, Alabama. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard? My name is Donnie. I live in the third ward. I'm here to talk about reallocating funds. Why should we reallocate funds? Because Grand Rapids is supported by its community. We have no choice but to pay back into the community, right? But too many, too many parts of our community are suffering. Too many, too many individuals are suffering from mental health. Too many individuals are suffering from addiction. Too many individuals are suffering by just being poor. 
y'all need to have an answer for that. Our in-house population is now growing. It's through the winter, and we're still trying to t contemplate on what to do. The community is doing that. Why are we doing that and not you? I'm here to talk about reallocating funds from programs that don't serve us. Reallocating funds, AKA defunding GRPD to the mandated 32%. Utilizing the rest of the funds left over, reallocating that back into communities for mental health, for addiction services, maybe some programs to help the rent situation since we just got out of a pandemic and a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people are being pushed out of their homes from the pandemic and the city isn't answering that. Why? <coughs> I mostly look to you, Rosalind Bliss, because again, as said before, you hold most of the power as is shared throughout the rest of you but you hold the power. There's people suffering. I know you know that. I know the rest of you know that. It's time to start getting on board with climate change. It's starting time to start getting on board with taking care of our community in the ways that need to be in what's best fit for our community who also pays into you. It's time for us to defund GRPD, reallocate those funds and put that money back into our community to help us. Thank you. Thanks. Others wish to be heard? My name's Patricia Sizek. I live on the northwest side of Grand Rapids, and I want you to know I am just plain sick and tired of all of you and your belly aching and all this crap going on. I want John O'Connor to stand up and I want John O'Connor to give that one million dollars that he has laundered through governor or whatever her name is, Whitmore. Uh, he has no right to have that money. He has no right to uh, be given that. He never shut down his business. He never was off the commission meeting while he was on the, during the pandemic and the rest of us are suffering from for it. I want that money put back into the GRPD now and I'm tired. I can't even walk down my street anymore without being threatened. We've had three rapes within two blocks of my house. We've had shootings. This is just plain stupid. I'm tired of it. And these people have got to be stopped. We need more in law enforcement. We need more people out there to be able to stop this nonsense. These people are out of control and I've got to go.
gut full of it. It's time you people start. You took a pay raise with all these people losing their jobs, losing their business and everything. You are nothing but a bunch of crooks. I've had enough. You better start waking up because we're going to stop it. I want to have a safe place to live in. I want to be able to walk back down our street. Ever since you people got in office, not counting the manager, I'm not talking about him because he hasn't been here that long, but the rest of you have been out there greedying up your pocketbooks, begging for money for you to run, while well, I think it's time to defund every single one of you. It's time to put you out of business. It is time to defund the city commission meeting, the darn planning commission that's putting in all these drug dealers. I've got drug dealers all around my house. This is stupid. I can't walk down the street. They don't have a place to park. They're parking all over our streets. These are nothing but drug addicts. Marijuana is a drug addict. Thank you. Your time's up. Well, yeah. I want you to yeah. start listening. Ma'am, your time, ma'am, your time is up. I'll give you some time. Uh, uh, your time's up. All right. Others who wish to be heard? How are three of you gonna have a picture at my school if you can't do one simple thing that any of us ask? Hmm? It's a real question, why? Alright, that's all I'm gonna do so I just don't okay. know anything else. Good job. Yeah. You can stand with me or you can go sit down. I'm gonna stand next I'll wait for my own time. Is, are you are you done speaking? I, I'll wait for my own time. She's done. I, I'm sorry. Do you want me to start the time over for yes. you? Okay. Okay. Thank so you. So we'll start we'll start time over and please share your name and the city that you live in. Okay. I'm Casey and I live in the third ward. I am upset. I'm upset because I'm a white person with a bunch of white kids advocating for black and brown lives while I'm looking at black and brown faces taking raises. I'm, I'm fighting, I'm in the revolution for you. And you're taking a pay raise. The manager, he did get a pay raise. It's the highest it's ever been. It's actually record breaking. You looked at my kid in the face and you said, you know, school supplies, we don't really handle that, that's state level. What you do handle as a city is raises for yourself how much of that money did you then turn around and donate to the school? Or what is your plan? What is your plan? Is that just you and Anita, who's not here? I'm upset. We ha we're giving more money, record-breaking, to the Grand Rapids Police Department while I'm afraid and my kids ask me, even on the way to school, if we can stop and make sure that person gets out okay when they're pulled over. Somebody got pulled over on my street just last week, right? 
and I was out there for almost an hour. They did nothing, nothing. The person just didn't have a valid license and everybody ended up walking. Why did it take an hour and eight police officers? Because you're underfunded? Where? Because that's what the police are doing while you have a program that's all felons. That's great. I'm pro-felon. Let's lift them up. But not people that can't have weapons that are doing the police's job while you then validate police raises because it's too dangerous without those weapons. I'm so upset. Why am I still doing this? You don't listen to us and then you blatantly say to us, it's not that we cannot respond or that we are obligated to respond. It's our choice to respond. And then you don't. It's not even some restriction that you can't say, you just won't. And you're giving it to yourselves and the police because they protect you and they stop us from saying it and banning as a community to do what you're not doing. I'm so upset. I've been doing this, these city meetings for two years straight. Do you know what I've got out of it? Nothing. And now it's getting to where there's people who, who are complete left, complete right, and we're all kind of starting to mesh here. You know what the common denominating problem is? It's you! I am so upset, and you guys need to do better. Voting and vote, man, I could go on. Defund you and GRPD, budget better. All right, others wish to be heard. Hi, welcome. Hi. My name is Bill Peterson. I live on the north side of Cherry Street between Union and Packard. This is supposedly part of the city snow removal program. I have not seen any city snow removal object or any evidence of that object on my street. I have, however, I, who am on the wrong side of 70, my wife who's on the wrong side of 80, both of us with heart conditions, have joined my 77-year-old neighbor and my 58-year-old disabled neighbor and my other neighbor who's of a certain age, and we try to keep the street clean with our snowblowers. And we can do that, except the snowblower does not usually remove the snow that's on the last quarter of an inch. And I would think that if you had a rational snow removal program that the standards for the snow removal contract would be the same as the standards that we are required to do in order to keep you happy in the city sidewalk department. However, they are not. And another problem with that is when you run afoul of your system, the uh, city sidewalk department has apparently no written policy to where they can tell somebody like me, well, Mr. Peterson, you do have an eighth of an inch of snow left on your sidewalk. However, it's going to be 50 degrees in a couple of days, so you might as well not 
worry about it. No, they can't do that because there's no policy which is supposed to be set forth by you, the city commission. And I have found out this policy over the last 11 years that I've been trying to straighten out what's going on with the snow removal department, and now you still don't have a policy. And as a result of that, all my decrepit neighbors and myself were out chiseling snow, and one of my neighbors, who name I'm not going to mention, was literally sitting, seen sitting on the sidewalk trying to chisel ice with a garden trowel in order to make herself legal and if I see her doing that anymore I will remind you and I would think that you should be ashamed of yourself for allowing that to happen thank thank you mr. Peterson all right anyone else who wishes to be heard Hello, Mayor and Commissioners. My name is Carver Clays. I live in Allendale, Michigan. Uh, I am a Grand Valley State University student. Uh, I'm here with my colleagues, uh, Foster and Andrew, whose comments uh, I stand behind, and I'm very glad that they made them. Um, I'm going to keep my comments pretty brief here, uh, actually, because I just, since my colleagues, uh, Foster and Andrew, I think they did quite a good job. Uh, I know one of the concerns, or one of the major concerns for the homeless encampments that the city comes across is that, you know, it's, it, it's a sanitation uh, hazard, as pointed out by the Kent County um, Department of Health, um, you know, where there isn't a good mechanism for removal of human waste, and, and, and even, I know, drug paraphernalia is a concern as well. Um, but to me, this is just a suggestion that I want to put forward to the commission. I think it, it would be much easier instead of displacing these people um, if you could just think of some kind of sanitation effort to bolster these encampments to make the sanitation what it's supposed to be so that it isn't a health hazard so that you don't have to feel like you're forced to uh, displace uh, these homeless populations. And in this way, the various shelters, whether it be Guiding Light or whether it be Mel Trotter, you know, they aren't you know, stress tested so much, so to speak. And then also, I know the official policy of the city is that, well, we're, we're a housing first, and we want these people to be in shelters. That's where they should be. And, and that would be fine if this one plan fit every single person who was in a homelessness situation, but that just isn't the case. And I know one of the values of this country is agency and autonomy. It is the actual first choice of these people. They don't want to be homeless, of course, but they don't want to be in a shelter. So if you could work to bolster the sanitation conditions of the actual encampments, you don't have to stress test all of these Meltrotter and Guiding Light people. Their agency is respected, and then also you know, you're, you're not displacing people, which means if you're not displacing them, they have much more consistent contact with the organizations that are working with the, these people. And those are uh, the totality of my comments. Thank you for your time. Thank you. All right, anyone else who wishes to be heard? All right, seeing none, I'm going to close that public comment period. I'll turn to my colleagues, and I'll start down here with uh, Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mayor. Um, 
thank you for coming out tonight. I want to say thank you to city staff who worked on the street renaming piece. Um, there's probably so many that will never know their names and know their work, but I know that Mr. DeLong and, and uh, Mr. Canfield and city manager do. So please continue to extend our thanks, thanks on this monumental day. Um, I would also say we had a, a full meeting in the morning uh, about a number of issues that were brought up to, tonight. So um, be happy to answer any of those questions or review that. I think it was a full presentation. So I would urge people to take a look at that or go back to that meeting. And I just want to say um, thank you for this, also for this historic day to Commissioner Lanier. You put a lot of work and energy into this. I was proud to be a co-pilot, uh, but it was really you leading leading that charge over time. So I hope you feel good um, heading out in today and uh, hope everyone has a good night. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner Ruppert. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. I, I do want to appreciate those who are coming to advocate for our work with the unhoused. And um, we've got a lot of things that we've been working on there, but clearly we have more work to be done. And so I, you know, I don't want to be defensive in any way, but I do want to highlight two things that we approved today. And one is we've begun to collect proposals for how to spend the $4.6 million that we got from the federal government. And so I'm eager to review those with my colleagues to figure out um, with this one-time money how we can, can, can fund some innovative solutions to help that population. As well as um, we did approve the renovations to Hartside and Package Park. Um, and in Package Park, or in Hartside Park, we are now going to have our first of its kind in the city, I believe, a self-cleaning bathroom that's open year-round. So the more that we can demonstrate that we've got the Portland Loo on South Division, we're going to have this one, then we can come up with some of those sanitation solutions. So I appreciate those, your concern for those people and for being here tonight. Uh, I want to thank the staff. You know, we did a real fast mid-year update today, but so much good information, so much good stuff happening, and a lot of preparation went into that even though we had to move move quickly through it. Um, and lastly, I want to congratulate Commissioner Lanier and Commissioner Isasi for today. The ceremony of the church was so beautiful, um, especially to hear from uh, Dr. King's nephew and uh, Cesar Chavez's son. But I too want to expend, extend my thanks to Mark and to Lou and to Tim Berkman on staff for, for their work to make that happen. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner Lanier? Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner Rephart. And thank you, Commissioner Isasi, for your service as well on, on March. Um, thank you to all of you who have come out this evening and for your remarks. And DeAndre, I think I am going to cut my comments short because like you, I think I might cry if I talk about it too long because Indeed, it was a historic day and um, a lot of impact beyond, I think, what, what we can all say directly. And to your point, Commissioner Isasi, I think there's so many people to thank um, who have contributed to this, the time, effort, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, you know, just doing so much work to make sure that we accomplished this um, great goal that has been in the works. Um, and um, Mr. DeLong, you're probably the one who can speak to that the longest, um, you know, over 20 years. And, and to know that um, this has been accomplished today is just brings me great joy. Thank you all for coming and supporting and being a part of the celebration. And um, there's more work to be done, as Dr. King's nephew said. Um, you know, this is one, one, 
one goal to be reached, but there's so much work that needs to be done yet in our city. And, you know, I look forward to creating great work with all of you. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate that, Commissioner. Uh, Commissioner O'Connor. Thank you, Mayor. Um, wow, uh, after three hours of uh, our master ceremonies, uh, keeping that on track today, we, we got to come back here uh, to, uh, to our public safety meeting today. And I just encourage all of you, if you get a moment to, to check out the last, uh, the last uh, section of that meeting today when uh, we had an opportunity to hear from uh, Lieutenant Mike Waldron, who, who leads our hot team. And uh, it was just, you know, again, as we continue to, to figure, to, to navigate and try to assist uh, our on-house community, uh, just hearing the passion in his voice and the work that's being done uh, was really inspiring today. He, you can clearly tell that uh, he takes that responsibility uh, very seriously, and I think he's really proud. Uh, and I, I, I can tell they're very proud of the work that they've been doing to, to engage uh, folks where they're at in the community and try to assist them in finding services and support systems and mental health services that, that, are, that are needed. And uh, he had a great slide with just some of the outcomes that they've achieved in the, in the period of time that it's been here during you know, the difficult season of COVID. And I just, you know, I've heard a lot about it anecdotally, but just to see him personally get up here and speak today was really, uh, you know, a great way to end our end our afternoon. And so, just if you get a chance to check that out, please do. It's you know, the, the the public too. It was really great to see, and I think it's uh, I think there's lots of great things to to come from that uh, that group. Thanks, Commissioner. Commissioner Jones. Yep. Thank you, Mayor. I too want to thank uh, all of you who came out this evening, as well as those who are viewing. I uh, want to extend a very heartfelt congratulations to our colleague, Commissioner Lanier, and her leadership uh, with regards to the, the name changing. Uh, that is a significant amount of work that was done, and it was done with a lot of different people with a lot of different personalities. And so I give you credit for uh, your uh, willingness to uh, stay engaged and lean in and help to bring it home. And I say the same for uh, Commissioner Sassi and her engagement in the process as well. And I, too, want to recognize City Manager Washington and um, Eric DeLong and Luke Canfield and Tim Berkman for their work um, because it very much was a, it was a team effort. It was a uh, significant work and uh, I think that it was very well summarized uh, by the words of uh, both Dr. King as well as, uh, as Mr. Chavez. Also uh, want to recognize the, uh, the session that we had on this morning really looking at uh, where we are as a city in the direction which we're going very very um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear about our continued efforts to um, lead hazard reduction uh, obviously it's critically important uh, for our community and, and the, uh, the amount of investment that's there as well as the potential expansion of the co-response model with with GRPD uh, in responding to mental health substance use calls I think that we've all have asked for that, have, have looked for that, and recognized that as a major solution. We see it happening throughout the country where more departments are moving in that direction. And I think it uh, could actually be a very good thing because it, it again, allows those who, that's their, their work of engaging in the space of mental health and substance abuse to be present, um, you know, when those calls come in. And lastly, uh, just the need for us to continue to invest in uh, ongoing covert relief and economic recovery programs. Thank you for that and that leadership, uh, City Manager Washington. I think that uh, when I look at economic recovery, in particular within the African American and Latinx communities, um, the business community is critical uh, now more than ever. And I know that all uh, communities were hit significantly by 
uh, COVID-19, but I uh, especially recognize the uh, the hit that was taken by uh, business owners uh, who are African American, Latinx. So, thank you for that that uh, that, that uh, potential opportunity again to provide more resources uh, for economic recovery. So, thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Commissioner Moody. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, I too want to say uh, thank the public for their comments tonight, and I also wanted to uh, talk about the excitement that was done today at the celebration. I was very excited to see Commissioners Lanier and Yassasi up front. I was excited to see the speakers. All the speakers did an excellent job uh, in terms of talking about the street change and the history of Cesar Chavez and Dr. King. Being uh, uh, a grand repitting of Grand Rapids, born and raised here, uh, running up and down Granville at times in Franklin Street, which is now King. Dr. Martin Luther King Street, is, it's a blessing. Uh, so I was excited with emotions at the same time, seeing that change does occur and that change does take time. Uh, but the excitement overall was to uh, just look at the community as it came together today of all nits, all walks of life, and the celebration uh, was beyond my own thoughts. As I sat there, uh, I was filled with emotions. And nevertheless, I, I, I do appreciate the fact that at the uh, public safety meeting today, Mr. Commissioner O'Connor took some of my thunder away because <laughs> I wanted to talk about the, the hot team and the work that they've been doing. I was excited to hear that report and how they are building relationships in the community with the homeless and figuring out ways to bring about a change with individuals and not treating them as inhumans. So they have a very, very compassionate heart about what they're doing, and I appreciate that report. And I think that report can be given out, if I'm not correct. City Manager, please let me know. That that report can be given to you if you want to read it and, and in, at the opportune time even have a talk with the team leader. Uh, I was excited over the fact that the Clean Slate Grand Rapids expungement program is getting ready to take place for those who have some criminal records, some felonies, that that can be wiped off their records and that they can start a new life with a clean slate. Uh, so t today, hearing all of the reports from this morning to now is, for me, a, an exciting period in our city if we just take the opportunity and read what's happening in the city and not just hear things from other people or assume, but find out what's taking place. So I, I'm excited about where we're getting ready to go. I'm, I'm excited about the hazard mitigation plan. Uh, there are some exciting things happening, and in those meetings at Public Safety today, a lot of that good stuff came out. So, uh, Madam Mayor, thank you for the work that you do as a mayor in this city. You sat on this board as a commissioner. You went through some difficult times, and as I sat there today, uh, looking at the celebration, I was wondering what was going through your mind as you're seeing these changes taking place. And uh, good night and have a wonderful evening. Yeah, thanks, Commissioner. It was a glorious day. Uh, I'll turn to our city clerk. Yeah, just briefly, um, yeah, it was a great day. I'm glad to be part of it and part of the staff team that worked together, and I know a lot of work was done. Uh, just uh, thank you for passing the ordinance, um, setting the precincts um, to 74 precincts. 
most most voters will continue to vote at the place that they voted over the last few election cycles. So there won't be a change to locations. It's just been a change to numbers and various other things. But yes, as Commissioner Repart said, everybody will get a, be getting a new voter information card. And at any time, if you want to see where your registered vote, what your status is, you can go to michigan.gov forward slash vote to um, check your record, change your address. Um, um, you can do all that at that, that website. So um, I always like to say no before you go as we get into this uh, election cycle. Thanks. Uh, Deputy City Attorney? Nothing yet. Thank you. All right. City Manager? Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, I, too, want to um, acknowledge the work of the uh, co-chairs for the March Committee, Commissioner Womack and um, the Honorable Lupe Montani for their work along with our own uh, commissioners, Sassi and Lanier, for championing the, uh, the effort and uh, the staff that uh, contributed to the support. And we reference uh, Mr. Canfield along, Mr. Hurd, Nearmore, all the employees who were actually out there, part of the installation, and all the departments that, that helped make this day possible. So thank you for for that uh, work and I'm truly honored to be part of uh, an historic day as well. I do also want to highlight um, this morning in fiscal committee and, and your adoption tonight of the contract with the, the rapid that allowed us to um, buy renewable gas from them and that gas being produced by the conversion of biosolids from our uh, waste facility and so um, both environmentally uh, responsible, but also fiscally responsible, as you n will note this morning, that the the uh, cost per gallon equivalent for diesel that we're buying the gas at is about half of what is being offered at the pump. So very efficient and very environmental friend uh, friendly. I also want to uh, thank the staff for all of the work this morning on all the topics that you heard today around the mid-year update and briefing. A lot of work went into that and that uh, lays the foundation for our further conversations around the budget. I too am appreciative of uh, the uh, update this afternoon at Public Safety on the Clean Slate uh, program and the fact that uh, the city will be partnering with our community partners, the Center for Community Transformation, uh, with uh, West Michigan Legal Aid, with all of our other partners in our oversight office, thank you for helping to uh, to make sure that uh, when people have, uh, they're not defined by the mistakes that uh, they made a long time ago and have an opportunity to be part of the dream that Dr. King uh, talked about. I also want to um, acknowledge Chief Payne's uh, retirement and on March the 4th at one o'clock, uh, there will be a community uh, celebration of his leadership as we prepare for his retirement and our incoming chief uh, Winstrom who will be uh, starting on the 7th and will be sworn in in these chambers at 5.30 p.m. And just a couple of other announcements um, or highlights from today uh, on the um, homeless outreach team. And I too echo uh, the work that both uh, public safety departments have done, but also uh, the partnership with Net Network 180, our mental health uh, experts. And you saw today that we have now five uh, mental health professionals that are part of the support response that are, that are helping our unhoused community. And Commissioner O'Connor referenced uh, the you know, 
the report, the accountability report today, with over there over 7,000 contacts, 78 emergency department uh, diversions, and 130 jail diversions, people who would otherwise have been criminalized uh, but were diverted from the system. So they are doing truly good work. And lastly, um, the um, tomorrow night at 630, uh, those of you who are concerned about um, our climate and environmental response, uh, today we heard uh, the Regional Hazard Mitigation Plan that helps us with our uh, climate adaptation and being prepared to be a resilient community. You can uh, listen and also offer your feedback uh, tomorrow at 6.30. You can go on the website to find a link to the meeting. Thank you, Mayor. Yeah, thank you, City Manager. And, and I'll just end by uh, really elevating a few other items from today. Uh, so today we also, in addition to talking about some of the work we're doing around housing, we also uh, talked about uh, Housing Kent, the new county-wide organization that is moving forward. So I'm grateful to serve on that board with our city manager as well as Al Vanderberg from the county with a number of other key community stakeholders. Again, as we look at housing along the entire spectrum of housing from individuals who are experiencing homelessness to uh, stable housing, knowing that those are all interconnected. Uh, I am absolutely ecstatic if you haven't heard that Eureka People uh, will be joining us as our executive director. Um, she's absolutely uh, amazing, and I'm really looking forward to working with her as she takes the plans that we have put in place and really moves them to action. Um, another person I was excited to, to welcome uh, for all of us to work with here at the city is Paul Hahn as we continue to focus on our work around um, childhood lead poisoning prevention. Many of us have known Paul for a long time. He and I served together years ago long time ago on a statewide um, childhood lead poisoning and prevention board and uh, he's just done exceptional work in this space and so I'm eager to have him here to help us move forward a number of our goals. Uh, the mid-year budget today was a great update on a lot of the work um, that sometimes we don't always see happening uh, because a lot of that work is being done by city staff as well as um, in partnership with a lot of folks in the community. So that was a great update. Uh, commissioners, if you have any follow-up questions, please get them to the city manager as he works to finalize and prepare his budget proposal, which will come before us uh, in just a couple months. Uh, and then last, I'm going to add my thanks to uh, Commissioner Lindmayer and Commissioner Isasi for all of their work. This has been quite the process. I can't even probably begin to imagine some of the uh, issues that you navigated uh, to get us to where we are today. But uh, anything that comes to fruition takes a lot of hard work and energy and time and sacrifice. And I appreciate both of you for really representing this entire body and working with community and the March committee and serving on that committee um, to, to really bring us together today as a community to celebrate the commemoration of the street name changes and also to city staff, our city manager and Mr. Campfield and everyone else in all of the different departments that um, work to make that happen. I was absolutely delighted when I saw the mayor of East Grand Rapids there today and to hear that East Grand Rapids voted last night unanimously to uh, extend Martin Luther King Jr. Street into East Grand Rapids. So it was great to have Mayor Favalli there uh, and to have representation from East Grand Rapids. Again, as commissioner, I can't say it as, as good as you. You said two cities, two streets, two one intersection, two communities, all on two twenty-two. 22. <laughs> so thank you so much for organizing today's event. It really was beautiful. And for me, uh, one of the things that I found uh, 
most rewarding truly was just spending time with community and reconnecting. Yeah. Uh, after these long years of COVID, uh, I know many of us miss that. So really appreciate the hard work that even went into planning today. Uh, so with that, we will adjourn. I hope that everyone has a wonderful night. Please be safe. Uh, it's supposed to get cold out there and we're concerned about ice. So we're adjourned. Thank you.